Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben, and Chris has decided to bugger off today to Sydney. So unfortunately, it is just me for this evening. Um, thank you for all of my Twitch followers already jumping online and letting me know everything is great. I do apologize for the non-fancy shebang that's going on right here, but Chris is our Twitch man, and I like to just edit the audio. So at least you know the audio will be good, and at least you know that it will... Um, be of quality today so I won't be able to bounce off Chris so I am relying on our Twitch followers to give us some of those content and some of those questions to follow up on. First things first uh, if you are listening to us can you please follow us all on social media so on facebook.com forward slash sc insider on twitch we are sc underscore insider underscore on twitch it's twitch.tv forward slash sc underscore insider and we're on all of our usual platforms so Spotify, SoundCloud, any audio platform you like you name it and you can get us however you like. So I'm going to shout out to a couple of these, uh, the Twitch people at this point in time. So let's get us going. So Sir Black Knight, volume's great, don't tell me. Looks like people bringing in Gaff this week. Ooh, I don't know about Gaff. Um, sounds very dangerous, to be honest. Chris isn't here, so I'm going to do a little, a little bit of a shout out. I'm going to double down today, guys. Literally doubling down. Peroni, responsible, low carb, and cheers to myself because I can So what I'm going to do tonight is a little bit of a brief summary of the round, uh, interacting with our kind folks on Twitch because I don't want to leave you guys hanging. So it's a one-man show. Uh, next week, Ben Ashton is kind enough to jump on while Chris is in Vegas, so I'll have a good conversation with him. And it's good because it actually gives him a bit of a chance to have his say for Marshall. Uh, I think it will be great to be some band of fresh uh, happening. Oh, wonderful. I've got the comments popping up on screen for the video, so I am really happy. I got something right. Uh, so my week for this week, I know Chris, he, I actually think he honestly got sent away for work just so he doesn't have to talk about his team this week because it was hilarious. Uh, Robbie Gray obviously went out injured. He brought in Tim Kelly and that's a good decision except he was one upgrade short. So what does he do? He brings in Westhoff and Westhoff gets uh, 41. He was too late on his Grundy VC so he got stuck with Gorn as a captain. So that was like what, 32 points that he lost? So essentially, because he lost that VC, the way I put it, is Westhoff actually scored him nine points this week. So <laughs> Chris had had a bad round. Um, yeah, he, he ends up, I'm pretty sure he slid to like 18,500, but don't tell him that. Um, so <laughs> he definitely has not been having a good time. Uh, but for myself personally, I actually had a good round. I scored 2,273. Dunkley is my lord and savior. He went bang. Oliver, I've been waiting for a long time for Oliver to actually do something, and God, he was good, 175, amazing, so I had him go well, uh, I had Tim Kelly, I had so many others actually did well for me, and I still had Parker on field with a 25, so it was very upsetting for him, but 2,273, the second week running, I've actually won 10 of my leagues, I am ranked 522 now in Supercoach, um, yeah, like I am absolutely stoked, I've still got... Um, 23 trades at this point in time so i've still got quite a few trades going on and um i'm in the top thousand guys so yeah thank you very much uh, pat on the back uh, i do know i'll just quickly touch on our leagues because 
Some of them are actually doing quite well. So I know our SE Insider League number one has really uh, climbed the ranks. So Div 1, we are now 39th uh, in Div 1, so not too bad there. The SE Insider 001 is 158, 002 is 131, 003 is 156. So we're kind of hovering all around the mark, actually, 177 for 004. And... Um, yeah, 233 for 006. So, look, you know, actually quite good. I do know, uh, I think our Division 2 is doing quite well as well. I've had a few people jumping online and, and giving their thoughts there. So, um, okay, let me just jump into a couple of questions here. So, apart from bringing in Gaff, I think I'll ignore that question. <laughs> uh, no, look, Gaff's a good option. I think Elliot Yo for me, would probably be the better option um, just because... Uh, I probably think he has a bit more upside than Gaff. Uh, so that's just a personal opinion. Doubling up on beers. Thank you, uh, Carlito. I appreciate it. Oh, which one am I going on? I'll just start over this way. So there will be gaps and silences because, you know, I like to drink beer. Um, bring a Carol. Or Bing a Carol. Sorry. Hey, Binger. Good to see you again. Um, just want his opinion on this trade. Sam Walsh out and Seb Ross in as a pod. Uh, the reason as to why I want to get in Ross... Before this trade, he has 159k in the bank with 21 trades remaining, uh, and he's pretty much listed his side there. Well, I can stop you there from literally the Seb Ross comment. Seb Ross isn't top 10, won't be top 10. I actually thought he might be top 10 this year, except he isn't top 10 based on his form. So if you are after a pod, the only point of difference that I would be looking at is someone who is top 10 at this point in time. Case in point, Josh Kelly at the end of last week, he was only in 2% of sides, guaranteed he's actually probably jumping at four or five right now and will climb even higher once people actually wait and see so let me just look at josh kelly and i'm big on josh kelly this week like if i can find a way to afford him without using walsh then i am 100 percent doing so uh okay so who is his ownership he is now sitting at four percent of sites so he's doubled in ownership literally in a week so can't deny those people who have brought him in. Uh, the only question is, and that's the big question that everyone has on their lips, can he stay on the puck? Um, he has been literally, well, missed the start of the year, then missed a week with what soreness, comes back and gets a 150. Absolute freak. Uh, he's now top 10 material, low ownership. And the reason I'm actually considering bringing him in this week more than any is because they have Carlton and then the Suns in two rounds time. So... Two sides that are literally his bunny sides that he goes big against so often. They're playing them in the next couple of weeks. Um, and it's been very well known. I know a few people rattling off with the Suns and all premiums against the Suns are going ham. They are going so, so large that if you're versing the Suns and you don't have one of the premiums against them, so the best midfielder, uh, it's going to hurt. So Crips went big. Uh, I think McRae, you're looking at, um, oh, I have to literally have a look at it. It's just absolutely ridiculous, uh, whoever's versing the Suns at this point in time. So for me, Kelly is the absolute must. Uh, Josh Kelly, so Jelly. Um, and that's where I would start for a point of difference anyway. If that's your argument, I want a point of difference, then Josh Kelly, 100%. Um, regardless of injury issues, the proof is in the pudding. He will still be top 10. It's just hoping he gets through the buys and through the rest of the season. What's my team name? Um, what is my team name? I have a few actually. So this one for my standard side, my team name is, uh, where is it? Let me have a look. I honestly can't even remember my team name. How I think it's something about Zorko to be fair. I mean, let's face it, most things are about Zorko. So um, it's something like Zorko. Yeah, Zorko loves coffee is my name. So uh, I'm, I started that a long time ago. I know in our uh, Twitch 
not Twitch, in the Discord um, Draft League. So that's against uh, some of the um, Dr. Supercoach boys. My name is Twisties over Cheezos, um, just because I thought it was quite funny. And, um, yeah, a little play on Cheezos. So that's just me. McRae or Sloan Dog? You have to go McRae. Um, surely McRae's dropped so much in price. It is ridiculous. And people are even tossing up Bontepilli over McRae. Like, I get it. Bontepilli has had a good run, and he is the talk of the town. Uh, let me just type in McRae. Um... But McRae's just so steady. He's so reliable. Yes, he had a couple of down games, but he's already dropped 115000 He is now priced at 574000 which is an amazing bargain to pick him up at, considering that he started at nearly 700000 It's an absolute steal. Uh, he's reliable. He plays games. His role won't change. What more can you want? Like, Bontepelli, yes, he's had some big games, and he's had some big ceiling games, and McRae's sort of floated down a little bit. But McRae's solid. He doesn't score you much below 100. He still has a big ceiling and can go absolutely bang. And he's had a couple of low games in the 80s where you can pick him up cheap, and that's exactly what you want. If you're, For a premium you don't have, you're getting everything you want and more. 100% um, going to be top 10. Get him over Bonzapelli. That's just my opinion. So uh, I think McRae can and still will hurt you. I think Bonzapelli is going to have the roller coasters where he's going to have some really big games and then a few low games. So he's still going to like fluctuate in price. So McRae 100% for me. Team Ben. ben. Hey, thanks, Stonesy. Hashtag blessed. Um, I was actually hoping you'd be here, Stones. I need Chris isn't here, mate. So I need uh, some banter fresh happenings. I need you guys to start ripping on Chris or me or someone or Marshall, maybe. Maybe we can rip on Marshall just a little bit. Uh, ben Ashton, so I'll get in early before next week. I'll actually tell you something really cool. So I'm on placement at the moment. I'm absolutely flat out like a lizard drinking. And um, it's really funny. So the placement I'm at, the school that I'm at, uh, a couple of vice principals are uh, actually really into Supercoach. So I got called aside thinking I was in a bit of trouble. I went down, I had some AFL trials last Thursday, so I sort of had a look. A couple of my AFL boys were, were training down there for the school side and, and that sort of thing. So I sort of just said, hey, had a bit of a kick and just, you know, lent a hand or whatever. And one of the guys there, one of the teachers is actually big in fantasy football and AFL in general. And then I was saying how, yeah, how we do podcasting for Supercoach. Next thing you know, a couple of vice principals who are mad into Supercoach, like pull me aside. I'm thinking I'm in trouble. Literally just want to talk football to the point where they literally ignored my, my placement teacher just to talk football about me and uh, with me. And, uh, oh, it's so funny. So just talking football, uh, he made captain uh, Dangerfield his captain to try and catch up on uh, you know their, their cash league, and obviously that went pear-shaped for him. So, yeah, it works out really well, and the connections you can make through footy. So there you go. Hopefully uh, that's helped get my foot in and um, get me in the door for hopefully a job in the future. So they might even be listening to this, to be honest, and it's probably one of the least um, interactive as far as you know, it only being me and not Chris. So um, we'll just uh, hopefully... If you're there, guys, say hi. Um, okay, looks like, let me just get back over to uh, the Twitch there. So Luke22H says, uh, Stoker, Stoker. Uh, I'm not too sure. I had a look at him. He had, what did he have, 20 in week one. Doesn't fill me with confidence. Um, I know there's a couple of people have strong opinions about it. Doesn't fill me with confidence. Uh, if he hits his break even of, what, 39, I think he goes up 18,000. Not much cash there. Um, but even more concerning for me, like I know different roles and there are other players in Carlton not doing well, but I mean, you're having um, Newman's coming back. You have Simpson coming back probably next week or so as well. He's not too far away. Is he going to keep his role, Stoker? Which um, it's Stoker, yeah. I, I don't know. It just doesn't fill me with confidence and his scoring potential isn't really there. He did well this week with a 59. Yes, I like that. 
But the 21 to start with, oh, geez, it hurts. And for me, it's kind of like last week with, you know, Corbett and uh, and more. If you want the cash to free up and make upgrades, then yeah, sure, I can make sense of that. But some people are talking about going Walsh down to Stoker just to free up cash, and then they can upgrade. So you're costing yourself points to begin with. Uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And um, I just think, yeah, don't do it unless you want to free up that cash. Um, I am looking at it painfully. Um, I'm actually hoping that Richmond blood some youth and uh, sort of go in that direction for me. So let's see how we go. Uh, Kalito Zorko, best inside 50 kick this year. I Yeah, he's actually been pretty good. He's he started to improve himself. Um, Zorko playing a lot more forward and less midfield at the moment. So it's, he's not as needed. So that's I think that's reflected in his scores. I don't see people jumping on the Zorko train to bring him in, but he is definitely a good option. So Kelly scored 205 against the Blues last year. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Kelly, for sure, if you can find a way to get him in. I know the big debate, though. People are looking at going early on Walsh, and that seems to be the big question, the big debate at this point in time. Uh, literally, so back night, I think, Walsh out for, yeah, Jelly McRae Fife. So there you go. It's the... I didn't even literally just caught a glimpse of it. It is the hottest topic uh, of people wanting to make moves this week. But you get rid of, I get it, you get rid of uh, Walsh, you get rid of him, and you can have a premium in 100%. Yeah, that makes sense. You're going to maybe make some more points. But look at who else is on your field as well. I mean, if you still have a Parker or you're still relying on an Atkins or someone else in defense, these guys are probably the biggest priority to get rid of. Walsh, um, someone did it on Twitter saying that if even if he scores like 85 for the next few rounds, whatever, up to his buy, he's still going to be priced like 420000 Walsh. He's not going to drop a whole stack of cash. He still will be a great option. You can still wait until you buy and then upgrade him then. Um, so for me, I'm actually looking at ways. I doubled down last week, so I have about 258000 I'm short when you go Parker or Atkins. I'm short about 80k, so that means I'll probably have to go down, one down, one up this week. But I do know, I do that knowing that when it comes into the buys, I can literally go one down, one up from Walsh to another premium. So it's make of it as you will. But the only thing I will say about Walsh is that if Walsh has a, another good game or another couple of good games where he goes like a 110 or a 100 or 120 or whatever, 118, everyone still has him. And if he goes big, you are going to hurt because he is so heavily owned by everybody else. So if Walsh outscores your premium that you bring in, then you're actually going to suffer. Uh, that's the only thing that I'm actually sort of tossing up between. He's so heavily owned that you actually, you could make a move by bringing in a point of difference like Kelly to bridge that gap, but I would still prefer you to find another way to get him if you can. If you can, then that's a decision you have to make whether you sort of move early on Walsh or not. And don't forget, he does have the last buy. So am I scared of Kelly? Hell yeah. Um... In harm's way, exactly. In harm's way, Kelly does put himself in harm's way. Uh, that's his name. I just sort of thought I'd link that. So, yeah, 100% I am scared because you could easily burn two trades and still lose cash on Kelly. So it's uh, sort of one of those defining moments, make and break. Sitting in the top 500, do I feel like I need to make that move to Kelly? Probably not, but it could actually help lift me even further into that top 1,000 um, and you know into the top couple of hundred. So... Also, shout out to Swizz. Um, apparently, I might be saying his name wrong. I don't even know. Dave Swizz, over after all this time? I don't know. You have to tell me. So, uh, he's actually in the top handful. He's really killing it. Um, jealous a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to you for doing so well. Okay. Let me just have a quick look here. Hey, mate, it's Chris Helspeth. Looking good, except that jersey is trash. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, well, Chris, you don't get a say, mate, because you're not here, so I can run this format however I like. No one can interrupt me. No one can sort of question my methods. And, um, yeah, so you can just bugger off. And, oh, Chris, um, I don't think you probably saw, but this is for you, uh, which is, in, in effect, also for me. You're a Saint supporter. Oh, Bing, Bingy, mate, you're a Saint supporter. Well, surely you can have um, Billings or someone in your side, yeah? You don't have to go Sebi Ross. Um, Seb Ross up and down this year at the moment um, for me. I don't. I still don't think he's top 10. Like, I'm a Lions supporter and I only have Lockie Neal. And the only reason I started Lockie Neal is because I thought he had good potential and he just happened to be a Lion. So I was like, I have to pick him in my side. Um, and Lucky just sort of worked out for me. So... Um, Otherwise, I don't have any other lines in my team. I'm not rushing to get any lines in my team. It's yeah, a competition. It's like if you're a North Melbourne supporter, you probably wouldn't have any North Melbourne people in your side because you know it's North Melbourne. So um, I think Ross and definitely has potential, but he's not consistent enough to actually make it hurt and make it count when you need it. Okay. Um, being happy to be M10, uh, M7 to M10. Yeah, but then that means you need to have if, even at M7. You still want to have top eights, like M8, yeah, M9, M10, but then how much cash you're going to have on these mediocre guys loopholing? It's, um, I think you're better off just spending the money for the quality and then just having rookies sort of fill your bench, or if you do have that luxury late, you can sort of then have your swing guy after that. I need to get Zach Butters out. Oh, Luke, ouch. Thinking of Stoker. Um, yeah, I'm actually probably going to do a little Facebook Live tomorrow, um, 30 minutes if that, going over team announcements. Um, so you can ask questions there because that was where we're going to actually have a real good indicator of what is happening um, Yeah, from there. So it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. So after an anarchy week where so many low scores, it could actually flow on through to the team announcements and be quite disastrous. So um, yeah, interesting. So let me just move through. Bingy, you're, you're flooding me, mate, with all your Carlton. What are we looking at? I can't even read that much. I'm going to literally lose it. Uh, steal, possessions. I Bingy, give me a summary. Um, Chris here, is Pendlebury the most damaging mid in the comp right now? Oh, why? I'm not making this about Collingwood, Chris. It's not about Collingwood. Why is he even tuning in? He should be calling in then. If he's watching this live, why can't he like be here and contribute? Why can't he find a way? Why can't he find a way? Meanwhile, I had to let myself into Chris's house today to get the microphone. So, uh, yeah, I kind of left him a little treat uh, on his front doorstep, just saying. Um, okay, in harm's way, I'll ride the Kelly train with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it. Uh, I actually thought about it um, last week. And I know you, you've, for those who have been following me, I was actually quite keen on bringing him in. It's just that week that he had off, it's kind of a bit... Um, it, it really sends questions into your head, you know, about security and how his body is actually traveling. But the kid's a freak. He's got talent. So how do you not bring him in? Um, he's guaranteed going to be top 10. So it's And his next three rounds could absolutely go bang where he's averaging 150 over three rounds. Like, how do you not How do you not do that? 100%. How do you not? Already have Billings. Well, then, Bingy, you can you can be content, mate. You can you can sit on your, your Billings laurel and um, just watch him you know, tear it up and enjoy life. 100%. Um, who, who's more of a dud, Westhoff or Cameron? Oh, Chris, this is such a good question. Um, I would like to say Westhoff because you had him in and brought him in as a premium. Um, has to be Cameron. Cameron was so bad. He burned people, at least with Westhoff, you brought him in at 400,000, 
right? 100%. You got him cheap. He's going to give you flexibility. Um, Dixon's coming back around the buys, and he'll probably improve. So Westhoff still actually could be a good option. It's just funny that when Chris brought him in, he just went... Pew! Uh, horrible. Uh, Cameron, though, people brought him in. And even I was talking about possibly bringing him in. I was like, oh, yeah, but their draw's pretty good. And they're looking okay. I mean, Hawks have a horrible midfield, etc., etc. And then it does open up for them. I mean, they have, um, yeah, Carlton this week. So it definitely opens up. And Cameron, I think, will respond. But, God, that's a bad score. Like, it's just so bad. People paying top, top dollar and after that score, he is going to drop cash so fast that you could honestly probably pick him up and loophole him soon. Like, it's just going to be ridiculous. Uh, absolutely, absolutely uh, just, yeah, ridiculous. So, um, okay, let me just try and pick up where I left off here. Okay, Carlton is awesome, so good. Uh, harm's way. So I'll have to cash a double down this week if Rotham or Haitley gets named. Mate, it's been literally the, the theme of the last two weeks. Uh, Rotham and Haley just been literally hanging by a thread. Hanging by a thread. Uh, I don't know, I thought it was a song. Hanging by a moment here with you, maybe. Um, yeah, that's why team announcement is so brutal because, I mean, even if Haley's named, you have to bring him in. But, oh, like, is he going to get another game? Is he going to get two games? Uh, is he going to get, like, booted straight away? But if he does get named against Carlton, surely he goes well. Surely that he keeps his spot. Uh, after they get flogged last week, GWS, they have to make changes. Um, and I think that they could actually bring him in. Him and Whitfield in would be massive inclusions. And then they win, so they probably keep him there, and then hopefully they win again, and then he gets to play Gold Coast as well. That would be in an ideal world. Bang, 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 Haightley makes 200 grand, which would be amazing. Um, but we won't know until tomorrow. So, yes. Um, okay, I got burned by the camera trade. Sir Black Knight, you're not the only one. I have seen it. I have definitely seen it. Um, Chris was your gift for Chris, the un unflushed toilet activity. <laughs> and then I think uh, Chris actually came in and um, made a comment to that. Yeah, I did the uh, reverse kangaroo, uh, which was pretty much the gist of it. So where you spin around and um, yeah. So enjoy that one. Um, Chris can send the message through to Ash saying, check the toilets. <laughs> I'll wait for that reply. Um, Doug says, stop saying 100%. Who's saying 100%? Oh, Dougie. I don't get it. Who, who's saying, Chris, fill me in, mate. Come on. Stop saying 100%. When am I saying 100%? Oh, bringing people in. Yeah, 100%. See, there you go. Okay, fair enough. Well, you're going to do it, okay? I'm trying to give some clarification and I'm trying to think to myself here because my offside is not around. Uh, it's easy sitting there probably having your jimmies and on the rocks with your low sugar Coke, Chris, but... In the real world, people have to hold up and they have to still fulfill their, their duties and their obligations to give the people some content and what they're after. Okay, moving on. Um, okay, oh, people brought in Darling last week too. Yeah, that is true. He went from a good score back to being a spud. Um, might have to send Leon an email regarding Haley. That is a very good idea. Oh, maybe I can send him an email. Tell you what, I'll get back onto that for tomorrow night. Um, Brought into the Cameron hype. Oh, Brattles, mate. 78. That's going to hurt. Uh, should I burn a trade to use him? Get rid of him before dropping cash and get him a cray or jelly this week. If you brought him in, you're just going to have to stick with him, I think. Um, you paid the price uh, on his score and for you know what you brought him in for. So you just kind of have to ride it out. Otherwise, it's a two-trader just to kind of what save yourself 70000 And then even then, his price will probably... 
you know, when they play Carlton and they play the Gold Coast, you've already paid for him, so you might as well enjoy the 150s that are going to come. So I think he will actually bounce back quite well. If you did it, you kind of just have to go, oh, that sucks, and you got such a bad score. But for the rest of the year, he still will generate you some good scores in the future. Okay, yeah. So still be top six, uh, so Black Knight says. I think he'll still be top ten, depending on how many ups and downs he has. Uh, if he can stay on the positives, then uh, I think he still will be a good option. And if he does drop to sort of 400k, then I might actually have to have a look at him. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, okay, so let's have a look. Uh, CL73. Uh, so my draft team almost outscored my classic team. Not sure if... Um, not sure if that's saying my draft team is going well or my classic team is going bad. That is, yeah, what did, what was it? It'd have 2,000 plus, surely, but that's a massive draft score. So, interesting. Uh, okay, so let me just go across with a few things that I noticed from the round. I'll get back to Twitch later. Sorry if I'm a bit funny. I'm actually not feeling that great at the moment, and I hear beers are great for when you're not feeling well. Alrighty. Let's go with Sydney and Essendon. Um, quick little recap of this game. It's been spoken about a lot. Like, what can you say? Uh, honestly, it's um, Dane Rampey. What were you thinking? Literally, like, literally, um, I wouldn't have minded it being paid either way. To be fair, I mean, the rule is there, so people encroach and give away hundred meter penalties, and that decides a game. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I'm still okay with it not being paid because it's like, you know, what were you thinking? Like, what an idiot. It didn't even make the distance. But, uh, yeah, I get it. It's one of those things, and there's so many people have opinions about it. Damien Barrett, literally, oh, my God. Like, oh, I don't normally get that that worked up about journalism. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, you know me, but um, oh, he, he keeps on, literally. I think he, he always has a thing trying to rip on the Lions. And not only that, if it's not the Lions, it's Carlton, 100%. Oh, see, there you go. Okay, 100%. Right, i got to shut up. Fair enough, Chris. Fair enough. Fair enough, Dougie. Good point. Um, has the thing against Carlton. And when it's the Lions, he was saying how bad they are and oh, just because you know close win or close losses aren't good enough and this, that, and the other, and he just rips on them. And the same thing's happening with Carlton where he just he has it in his mind that no matter how much they say Bolton's fine and they're behind him with the process, he keeps on saying, oh, well, no, nah, he, he's not going to be there next year or they need to win games and um he's not doing enough and they yeah he's not going to be there next year and just all this kind of stuff uh it's just uh he just has a chip on his shoulder 100 percent uh, um anyway yeah so i think he, literally i hate listening to him absolute dog um jj uh jpk still killing it 116 zach merritt is continuing his trend so definitely number one update uh upgrade targets after the buys um not much more you can say about him. Seriously, he is looking top 10 material. So if you don't have him, he is the perfect target for that buy, the first buy. So straight after that. Um, still interesting, Franklin's not in. He's not playing this week either, apparently. So that really affects uh, Heaney's scores. So Heaney, since Franklin hasn't come back in, has scored horrible. Yes, I know he's got a lingering issue with his body, and that is still cause for concern. A lot of people looking at jumping off, um, but for me, I feel like it doesn't really change too much. So I'm still holding, I'm still keeping at this point in time. I'll reassess at the buys, but he can have these massive games where he just goes 130. Once Franklin comes back in or gets his hammy right, I'm hoping that changes. I think Ben Reed is back um, and should be right as well, so it provides other options there. Okay, let me just check across here. 
Are you going to put tomorrow's night's recording on the podcast? Uh, probably not. Tomorrow night will just be Facebook Live. So if you do, if you do miss it tomorrow, you can just jump across to Facebook Live and watch the replay from that. So it'll just be a quick recap on team announcements, what does it mean, uh, etc. And then I'll kind of just go from there as to what's actually happening. So, yes. Uh, okay. So draft score was 1960-ish. That is a bad score. Uh, so TL73. Yeah, that's not good. Um, tattoos Mon. T-A-T-U-M-S-Z-N. Don't know how you pronounce that, but Kane Corns might have Carlton. I hate Carlton more than Damien Brett. I think you're right. Uh, if it's not Carlton, he loves ripping on the um, Adelaide, obviously, which makes sense, but ripping into Tex and everyone else. Some of these former players are absolute flogs. Um, some of them I can listen to all day. I think Jimmy Bartell is actually quite good. He gives some good insight, and he doesn't seem too biased. He actually analyzes certain things that you'd be quite happy with. And then you have others that are just kind of really just opinionated who just love giving their two cents, even though they probably only get like a small p portion of the story or see a small glimpse of what actually happened. Or they're just so egotistical that they just love their voice being heard on these contentious issues. It, sometimes it just like does your head in where you, just these former players have no idea. And then you get people that have a really good idea like Lee Matthews and you have these other guys with just so much insight. Like Luke Hodge as well has really good insight when you listen to him. And just makes you think, like, these guys are great, and then how are these other flogs, like, getting so much airtime? Uh, I just don't I just don't get it. So, yes, uh, Chris sends me a message. Oh, look out. Uh, hello. Hello, Chris. Thank you for tuning into the show. Um, glad you couldn't be here. I mean, oh, what a dog. Okay, so how? Let me see if I can show you this. So, oh, wrong way. Chris is... Chris is there... Look at these two boys having beers. I just how how dare you? How dare you? Just no. Just no. Just no. Um, Luke says Henny's giving him the shits, and um, I can't blame you. So a lot of people are looking at moving him on. However, I mean Dunkley was giving me the shits for what six weeks, and then look what's happened to him. So he's brought it along. Um, is Hawthorne the most boring team in the comp? I actually think. Those comments from Wayne Carey actually had some substantial weight behind them. I think they are boring. They are the North Melbourne and the Fremantle of the past, I guess you could say, because Fremantle played boring. They had five. Yes, outside of that, they just weren't playing good football. They weren't playing attacking football. They weren't actually doing much that went, I want to watch this game. And at this point in time, you look at Hawthorne, and they're kind of in this limbo transition period where, yeah, they've got a few good players in, but they're kind of trying to work out ways to rot the system, rot the rules, because they don't, they're kind of trying to hold steady. So when an army's coming in and they're trying to sort of really knock over your troops, they're kind of like holding to sort of brace for impact so then they can then try and push forward and actually attack from that position. And Hawks at this point are just holding their position, trying to get these ugly wins, and they still count as wins. I get that. They're still learning from it. But it's not going, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch this game because it's so exciting. It's kind of just like, eh. And that reflected this week. The crowd was horrible, like 14,000. But at the same time, they were playing GWS, who don't really say, you know, draw a big crowd anyway. But, um, yeah, just dismal showing. I mean, there's more going to the Lions games at the moment than that game. So, and that says something. Um, Sydney had 26,000 and they had a big field to play on. So, Sydney as well, they're just, people aren't showing up. There's no Franklin. Um, they've been losing games and Sydney are like, well, stuff you up.
and welcome to Brisbane's life for the last decade, to be honest. Um, it's tough. If you're a real supporter, you stick by your team and you still watch and you still show up and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes you pull your hair out, sometimes your hair goes grey like Chris. But um, that is the life of football. So, you know, you got to deal with the ups and the downs and unfortunately for Chris, Collingwood's had too many ups and we can't rip him on all the downs. So, there you go. Okay, let me just move on to some more questions. Uh, oh, Heaney. Oh, yeah. So, Heaney, look, I, I think keep him. Up to you guys. But... Um, Who's a better podcaster, me or Ben? Jeez, Chris, just piss off, Chris. Right? I've had enough. I've had enough, Chris. Chris, stop taunting me with these messages. It's like an ex-girlfriend just tapping in, sending you a text message saying, oh, "I'm really happy now." By the way, I'm out having a good time while you're here, still like doing your stuff. How dare you? Um, it's hard to actually fathom who is better at this point in time because Chris and I and the dynamic that we have is. It's good because we actually bounce off each other. Each other, he says things, and then I can add to it. Vice versa. We, our unison together is actually quite good, and that's why I think we enjoy talking to each other. That's probably why you guys enjoy listening to us because we bounce off each other quite well, and I think we complement each other quite well. But doing it on your own, I tell you what, whew, I'm just sitting here talking to myself, trying to interact with the messages coming through and having a look at a few things. It's definitely not an easy thing to do. So I do apologize if you're getting this monotonal voice all the time to listen to, but let me try and make it entertaining as possible. Uh, Patrick Nash, he is the speculative one. 100% Brad, I am highly considering this. If he gets named, geez, what's going on here? Had a shower before. Like I said, not feeling too great. Um, he is definitely the speculative pick. Uh, if Nash is named, I am so tempted to go him over um, over Stok uh, Stoker. Stocker, um, 100%, uh, 100%, yeah, there you go. It's very tempting because he, it's tempting, but you don't know what his scoring potential is, so it's, it could be the worst decision you've ever made, or it could be one in two weeks' time where you're like, oh, I need to bring in this guy, and I've kind of already used a few of my options, and now all I have is, like, Scott, Stoker, and, like, who else? Like, people that aren't actually worth much money, Hayes or something, on the bench, and you've got no money, and you've got no real good midfield bench, so... Uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, very, very interesting. So I, I would be tempted, but it's very hard to bring someone in when you don't know what what they're actually going to output. And just because you're getting 28 disposals in the VFL doesn't actually mean that you're going to come into Richmond's first and have a good role and be able to score super coach points in the big leagues. So it's going to be interesting. But I, I am tempted. And tomorrow night will be a very key moment. I haven't looked at my team too much this week because... I could spend hours hypothesizing what I'm going to do, but until I know the teams, I have no idea. So I'm just waiting till tomorrow night, and then I'll have 24 hours to get my stuff together. Pretty much. Um, tell me how I can subscribe. <laughs> Chris, I actually don't know how they can subscribe. Uh, I think if you go to our channel on twitch.tv, there is a subscribe button there. There is a donation button there. But Chris will have to tell you all about that because he loves getting people to subscribe and talk about himself. So I don't know. Um... All right, let me just try and find back up here. So, Ben by the Flemington Strait. Oh, bless you in harm's way. Bless you, bless you, bless you. So, look at this. All these compliments making me feel good about myself. How about there? How about that? Um, traded Heaney after round two. Sure, I missed his two big scores, but then he's slid down and been as good as a potato. So, yeah, so Black Knight, I think that's... We all laughed once he had the two big scores, and we're like, ha-ha, what idiots. But then we, at that point in time, we weren't expecting his lingering issues to actually continue. 
Um, so at this point in time, it actually looks like you are probably making the right decision and he's going to drop more cash. So you could get him at low 400s. I'd probably do that after the buy. Um, if he's still there after the buy around like low fours or mid fours, I think you have to do it. Uh, well, you don't have to, but I think he's still going to be good value and I think his output will still be great from there. Instead of Rush, should I consider Sloan? Uh, Bingy, yeah, 100%. 100%. I gotta think of something else. Bingy, I think that's a much better option. Okay. Um, they can keep stop talking about this Stoker trade, which no Blues fans are complaining about. So it's going to be interesting with Adelaide and where Carlton finish. I'm hoping they actually win some games to finish the year. Otherwise, Adelaide are absolutely cracking up laughing. They could not get a better pick. Um, okay, did Rampy at least buy the goal post dinner first? No, but I'm pretty sure he left some DNA uh, of some sort on the post. So, is Rich? Uh, is it Rich Binger? So, I'm not sure what their conversation was. Um, Rich is actually interesting. He's still getting those hundreds. His role is uh, conducive to Supercoach. He is taking kickouts more than everyone thought Witherden would be, but Rich is getting a lot of opportunities. And he's actually having an opportunity to use his boot for the better. Uh, and he's always had a big boot. He's always been able to kick the ball far, but when they used to kick it far before, Lions players were probably stationary or going to turn it over, so they just tried to play this chip backwards kind of style to try and hold possession. Whereas now he can actually just launch it and even launch it like over the, the midfield over the wing, just bypass it. Literally, like an express train, he will just go bang, catch you later, it's there. And um, the Lions are able to at least bring a contest, so you get good points for it being in a long, effective kick. So, yep. Um, okay. Maybe a Twitch poll. Don't do a Twitch poll, Stones. You don't break my heart. It's okay. I understand Chris is very good. So, and thank you, so Black Knight. I am trying my best. I am trying my best. Um, the sub button is near the top right. There you go. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, TL73. With a star, purple button, subscribe top right, hit that, enjoy, and enjoy. So if you are listening on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., YouTube, also please do like and subscribe. We appreciate the love, and we do this out of the kindness of our hearts. VC and C this week. Oh, interesting. Okay, so let me bring it up. Let me have a quick little look uh, at this week coming. Um... Let me just try and change the round if I can. Okay, let me just bring up the AFL website one second. Ah, uh, so this week going to be very interesting. Okay, so I definitely wouldn't be using Oliver or someone like that because those who people are looking to bring in Oliver after his one seventy five. Yes, his break even's low and he's going to rise in price. The versing West Coast uh, in West Coast this week on a Friday night, so that's going to be interesting and hard to score against Hutchings most likely. Um, for me, Grundy has to be a VC. If like no ifs and or buts about it, he is playing first on the Friday, one forty-five, and um, probably against Marshall. Probably going to tear him up. Uh, I would not be surprised if it went one forty plus again, possibly even one fifty. Grundy for VC is the easiest decision you will make. I think I said that last week. Grundy was the most safe and reliable and easiest decision to VC. And a lot of people did, but a lot of people didn't realize that, what, 20 minutes after that game, it locked out for Gorn. So just be aware and, um, you know, be aware of the choices that you're making. So after that, uh, let's have a look here. 
Um, I actually think I wouldn't be doing McRae or Bont or anyone against Geelong. I think it's probably a bit harder. Uh, Port Adelaide players, if you wanted to, you could wait. So if you had... If you wanted to go left field, you could go Rockcliffe or you could go a Boak or someone against the Suns and then tie into uh, Crips against GWS uh, against so Crips against Carl uh, G, oh, sorry, GWS or Kelly against Carlton, both good options. I think a few people will probably actually bring in Kelly and try and use that unique to their benefit, but my opinion is it's not going to go past Grundy anyway. So uh, five against Bombers should do well. So. I think Grundy into Crips is the most obvious solution. If you think Gorn's going to go all the way over to Perth on the hard deck and do well against the Eagles, which is it's very possible because, I mean, the Eagles' rucks are quite bad. You could VC Gorn into Grundy. Not a bad option also because, again, I think Grundy will be very reliable against St. Kilda. So that's a really safe option there. Um, I think, actually, that's probably a really good option. Gorn into Grundy because at least you know Grundy's going to do well I don't see it going past Grundy anyway. Like, I think if you VC Grundy, you're going to have to take him. Crips against GWS. Yeah, like, Crips will probably go 120 like usual. Doesn't mean he's going to go absolutely monster against them. Unless you have Josh Kelly, who is going to be an amazing um, prospect for you against Carlton. I think he will do well as well. So, um, yeah, so Grundy for me. Grundy into Crips or Gorn into Grundy. Um... Yeah, either way, I think it has to involve Grundy. And most people have him, so it's just going to be the safest option for you to pick uh, at that stage. So let me just turn back. Perhaps a quick tutorial for Chris on how to take a VC. Yes, Chris, um, take your VC. So definitely rookie hour. Um, okay, Zeret. Carried Oliver all year. Uh, I'm going Grundy into Boke. Oh, don't go into Boke. Boke doesn't have a big enough ceiling. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, so bad. Like, I get it, Boke. Yeah, he's a good player. And someone's going to get off the hook against the Suns, except it's probably not going to be Boke. Boke will probably get you a 120, a 130, 135 maybe, but he is not going to go 150. And you need guys to go 150. So even then, they play so late that I would honestly be doing like a Rockcliffe or a Boke if you feel compelled that way into a Crips or someone, at least get that backup option straight after because you don't want to be putting all of your faith on a guy like Boke for your captain. Uh, just don't do it. And he, no one's going to do it either, and he's not going to go 160 or 170, so it's not going to really get you that far advanced. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's my opinion. Uh, Deboa will tag Crips. Uh, I don't think he'll it matters with Crips. People have tried. People have put people on him. Crips is his own worst enemy. His first quarters the last two weeks, he's probably netted like, what, 20 supercoach or less for the first two quarters combined. Uh, so he's his own worst enemy. No one can really stop him, to be honest. They could put someone on him, but he's just such a beast in the contest that, you know, he's just going to, yeah, he won't be able to do much. And he's so big, he's so strong that he'll just run at the contest and be mobile and good luck trying to stop a moving truck. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, absolutely interesting. So, but yeah, that's my captain call for the week. I don't mind doing the uh, Gorn into Grundy though, so not a bad option. Uh, is Neil getting more attention after his hot start? Uh, should I wait till the buy to bring him in? It's a tough one because you need to look at your your buy structure. Um, Neil has the bad buy, the middle buy, so it's um not an easy 
not an easy prospect um, to bring him in. So um, if you're looking for upgrades, I still think Neil is a must-have. So the quicker you can get him in, the better. He's still consistent. He's only had a couple of subpar games, and um, uh, he's still dropping in cash at this point, though. So you could pick him up in a little bit, um, and the buys are coming up soon, so you could probably still wait for him. I still think he's a must-have, and the Lions have a pretty good run coming up, so I think they could actually do some damage. Luke, I haven't seen that. Um, so Luke asks if I've seen the Carlton Yob original round jumper. It looks so good. Uh, please tag us in it. I would love to have a look. Um, I love all of the indigenous jerseys that they do up. I think it's really cool. Rioli did one. Oh, meanwhile, how how ripped off do you have to be to kick goal of the week and then have it stolen by Ablett? Not deserving. Um, like, Constania literally freak goal. So good. Ran down the wing, took a bounce, cuts in, and just flushes it. And then Ablett gets... Tim Kelly does all the hard work, gives a little handball to Ablett, and he does a little around-the-corner kick, and it goes through. So overhyped. Yes, I get it. Ablett, great goal, but it's because it's Ablett. Everyone's like, oh, goal of the week. No, it's not goal of the week. Not even close. Like, absolutely robbed. And it's probably more robbed than Howe losing the mark of the year to, you know, Danahow. So, um, yeah, they do it. Oh, because I don't like it, Harmsy. It's I've had a shower. I'm not feeling well, mate. I'm literally I'm str starting to struggle to talk, to be honest. And I can see myself. That's the issue. I can see myself. I'm not comfortable. I'm not feeling great. Uh, so that's probably why. Sorry, but I keep looking at it. I'm like, Ugh, I need a haircut. All that, ja all that jazz. So I'm sorry. I keep touching myself elsewhere, but you guys just can't see it. You know, it's just a little bit below. This is what happens when Chris. This is what happens when Chris actually leaves, right? So I'm actually wearing. <laughs> I'm doing the news reporter. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm not even dressing up for this today. But I did stick to the important part uh, based on my last week. Um, I thought I'd have to get the West Coast jersey out. So there you go. Have another beer. Well, this is my last one, actually. Okay. Who do I see and who do I VC? Um, Bingo, I just went oh, through that. Um, if, you, if you have Grundy and Gorn. I'd probably go those or Grundy into Crips. Probably the two safest options. Um, he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Kato. It was good. It was real good. It was real good today. Talladega Nights. So good. I need to get Mitch Robbo to do my hair. Yeah, maybe he can then give me Zorko's number or something. Um, just saying. Oh, meanwhile, I met somebody. Where was it? This chick got a photo with Dane Zorko because she met him out. Didn't even know who he was. Did not even know who he was. Someone told her that it's Dane Zorko, so she got a photo with him to send it back to her boyfriend or whatever. And, like, seriously? I didn't get a photo with him. He didn't even accept a coffee. Yet she just meets this random guy and is like, oh, Dane Zorko, oh, can I get your photo? And sends it to her boyfriend. How harsh. Absolutely, how harsh. Um, I'm going to summarize a couple of things I did notice from the weekend. Um, let me just move on, if I can. Oh, Bulldogs versus Lions. Uh, Lions were so in this. And it was wet. It was country Victoria. And um, Lions literally dominated the second quarter. Um, Lockie Neal was on an absolute heater. I was on like 50 or whatever it was near quarter time. Lions are killing it. They look so good. And then they kind of got to a point where this is, this is going great. And then all of a sudden, the Bulldogs started to get back into it. Kicked a few goals before halftime. And that was all she wrote. After that point, the Lions were horrible, uh, absolutely horrible. And 
it's so weird that games in general can turn like this. I mean, you look at Carlton as well. Carlton fought so hard all day. They got ahead. It looked to the point where they're going to win. And then they just fell over and Collingwood wanted it more. And that's how, that's all she wrote. That's that's what happens uh, for these games. It's just, yeah, it's just absolutely crazy. And Lockie Neal ended up with 114. Looked like he was going to go a lot bigger. Dunkley, my boy, playing midfield. Uh, so good. And they, he's done that two weeks in a row where they've won now. And they, he's looked good doing it. So I'm hoping Bevo's actually kind of gone, we need you in that role because you do provide so much and we'll get other people to do the crappy roles that we were trying to get you to do before to improve the team, but it's not improving the team. So have your old role back. Uh, he went big. He had like 24 contested ball. He went well. Libertori with a 72. Uh, we said it two weeks ago to trade him out and you would have made $190,000 on him, except now it's like, what, 130 or so and change. He is dropping by the second. Uh, let me bring him up. He is definitely dropping cash so quick. Libertori. He's down a 429. Ouch. Uh, so he's only made 128,000. So he's pretty much dropped 60 to 65,000 in the last two weeks. So now it's not just a simple one down, one up use some cash to get a premium and at this point in time you if you you kind of he's only made you 120,000 now so you kind of need to upgrade him or you're thinking he's going to be good for the rest of the year like everyone that's already had him most of them have moved on so you're kind of the only guy hurting now let me have a look at those who have actually kept him let me see what his percentage is he's still on 30 percent of sides jeez guys so many well there you go so i think about 18 to 20 percent jumped off and the 18 to 20% probably got a five or they got a Neil or they got a Kelly and Kelly only played one week and has probably still outscored Libertori in both rounds. <laughs> so um, even if they did that, not knowing, I think a cheese or someone did that in, he's still actually still better off getting rid of him and copying a zero with um, Josh Kelly. So go figure. But 30% of you, it's, it's at that awkward price now. And it's that awkward point because he has the first buy. So if you do hold him through the first buy, you have to play him for the next two buys. There's no point upgrading him after that. You have to upgrade other people. So you're in you're in no man's land. He's not going to average you top 10 numbers. His average has dropped in the last few weeks. And now what's he averaging? 94.8. Jeez Louise. Let's have a look. Let me see if I can find what he was averaging. Here we go. Average. Oh, geez, this hurts you. Okay, so the first four rounds, he averaged 114.8. He then got a 98, and he was averaging 111.4. And everyone's like, yes, Libertore, top 10, averaging 110. He's then gone 71, 58, and 72. He has dropped so hard, and he's now averaging 94. So in three games, he has gone from 111 average to 94. Just ridiculous. Absolutely. And for those who were criticizing when I said he's not top 10 and you should trade him out, they should have definitely done that a few weeks ago. So... Um, yeah, it's, especially when he dropped that first five and 5.6 K. So after round six or whatever it was, that was the time two rounds ago to get rid of him. He had his poor score, get rid of him and dump him hundred percent. Um, yeah, so that's that game. Let me move on. Carlton and Collingwood, um, Grundy came home late and he came home strong. I actually didn't think I was going to take it at first, but the scaling went up. He went really big. Crip started off slow. Uh, didn't actually watch a whole heap of this game. Um, Darcy Moore, bloody seriously, just playing on Kernow and didn't actually do that well. So he's now on the hit line for not doing that well. Uh, Langdon had a horrible game. So I don't actually know what was up with him, but he was horrible. 
Um, Williamson, nothing got injured. Gibbons with a 61 again. Jeez, he's ticking along. Like, I honestly regret getting rid of him. It's just... And I've still got Scott in my side, not making any cash. So, there you go. Uh, let's have a look at the next game. GWS and Melbourne. Oh, I saw the end of this game. I actually was tuning in for quite a bit of this one. Low-scoring game. It was really scrappy, but close. And they wanted it that way. Gold Coast were really going to scrap and fight and make Melbourne earn it. And Melbourne kicked 13 behind, including the famous last one. They did not look that great. It looked like the point where they should have blown it away. They should have actually blown the game away. But again, the, their sink going into the forward line wasn't great. Gold Coast were just kind of hanging on, and then they end up kicking a couple clutch goals. End up getting ahead, and this is the funny part. Like, I feel so bad because they, they kicked the goal. There's like 47 seconds left. They're all celebrating, as you would. But 6-6-6, six, 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 like, okay, so there's less than a minute. We're six up. We can't lose from here. Melbourne then get the clearance, kick a goal. Uh, meanwhile, it's Hoare. And here's the thing, Corbett. Corbett was doing so bad. He was on, like, single, uh, like, not single, but, like, what, 13 or 12 or, you know, half-time horrible, three-quarter time not great. Kicks a goal for them and goes up 20 points. Like, absolutely goes up 20 points. Ends up finishing on 59. So has a monster last quarter, monster second half. And Hoare kicks the clutch goal to bring them back level and goes up, what, 12 points or something like that? Still not complaining. I mean, I had Hoare on field and he was looking bad. End up with 89. Um, still super happy. And Chris was still super unhappy because he doesn't have Hoare at all. And um, and then the the... It's it's so funny because I like Gold Coast, but I still want Melbourne to do well because you know, I had them in my top eight and I still want them to kind of be in the, the running to try and push top eight just because it makes it more interesting. And I was I was wanting Gold Coast to win, but then I was like, I saw Hunt get it and I was like, go in, and then it went in, and then the next tap out, and I was like actually cheering for Melbourne to try and get that last behind, which I thought was interesting. And... Um, Oh, like the last second finish. Um, literally could not ask for any more. Um, Harms has had a few good rounds now as well. Uh, Chris, I think, brought attention to him a few weeks ago. But he's had a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, let's have a look. So, yeah, the last couple of weeks, 119, 116, 48, and 91. So, what, four of those last, uh, three of the last four have actually been really solid. Jumped his average up now as well. Um, so he is an interesting prospect. I don't know if he's going to have that sort of for the whole year, but um, definitely I think Chris brought attention saying if Harms is on your waiver, you should probably look at him in a draft league. Lockie Weller came straight back in with a 106, which I thought was very pleasing for a guy who hasn't actually played in a while. And um, that's, let's just move on from that one. I'll jump back to Twitch. Okay. Let me just have a quick look here. Um... Okay, I feel as though she may have some things you don't. Got rid of Libba last week, so Jack Collins was saying. Um, but now Panic Station's on Brayshaw. Yeah, which is another one. Brayshaw been very upsetting. This was the issue that we spoke to a lot of people at the start of the year about with the, the breakout. And so many people went mid-price madness. So many people went breakouts. And it worked out the first few weeks. So um, Sheed went quite well to start with. Rockliffe went quite well to start with. Libertori went quite well to start with. Um, yeah, who are these others? Um, you know, Brayshaw had a couple of good games-ish. Uh, Steele had a couple of good games-ish. Uh, first game for um, Cornelio. 
first game for um, Matt Crouch, they all went absolutely gangbusters. And everyone's like, yes, and they, their rank started off so good. But over the year, these guys who they tipped for a breakout, I mean, how many breakouts have we had? Not many at all. It's crazy to think. So guys that started like guns and rookies straight up premiums are actually doing quite well. And then they're bringing in guys who are in form like Boak, bringing in other guys in other positions. And things are working out quite well. So those who have all these mid-prices in their side are probably the ones that are starting to slip out because that's the problem when you start with a mid-pricer. You kind of, they're doing well enough and usually getting a couple hundreds and whatever have you to sort of still stay there because you're trying to make all these other changes. But at the same time, every week you're losing 20 points and then after five weeks you've lost 100 on another premium you should have bought and it's just this messy sort of process. So Walsh Atkins for more... Or Walsh slash Atkins or more slash Wilkie to use as an upgrade to McRae. Oh, Darcy more Wilkie. I go Darcy Wilkie. Uh, more Wilkie, should I say? Um, just because it's not Walsh. So, um, I wonder what your DPP swing is then, because more and Wilkie are both defender forwards. So I wonder what you're sort of swinging there, which will be interesting. So Walsh and Atkins are both in the midfield. So I wonder, um, Brattles, what uh, what's What's the plan? Um, I wonder if that's Braddles seven. I wonder if that's my cousin Braddles. Brad, shout us out if that's you, mate. My cousin Brad. I wonder if he's tuning into Twitch, trying to ask me advice on the sneaky Twitch platform, and he can just send me an SMS or on Messenger. Interesting. Uh, okay, so what mid prices have you worked this year? Just Rocky. Uh, I haven't worked any. Uh, oh, I wouldn't say any. Sorry. Um, I chose. I did wish I chose uh, chose Libertore. I said I end up with the five premium midfield. So let me just have a look. I'll just have a quick little sneaky look at my side. I'll be able to sort of tell you where I started. Uh, okay, so I had Neil, Cripps, Fife, McCray, and Oliver as my five to start. I was actually tossing up not starting with Oliver and starting with Libertore, which it's interesting because I would have got to the point where a couple of weeks ago I would have wanted to make an upgrade, and I don't know if I would have gone Oliver, to be honest, because he hadn't really shown too much. So it's, it's interesting um if i didn't do that i probably would have started laird who hasn't started that great anyway so it's just on this flip side but i did start uh brody smith i started zach williams basically like your full and premium sort of mid price and um that was pretty much it and darcy moore as a, like a rookie an expensive rookie so otherwise i pretty much went straight up i had uh dunkley dangerfield heaney gorn grundy those five midfielders, Lloyd, Zach Williams, Brody Smith, and Darcy Moore sort of in that defensive line. So that's what I started with, and I've just tried to make upgrades along the way, and uh, it seemed to work out quite good so far. Yeah, Sheed, Jack Collins, yeah. Uh, talk about disappointing, and we were big to start with saying, no, Sheed, Sheed's not great. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's like it's just one of those things, and they're like, oh, yeah, but in JLT, you know, um, Gaff played and she did well and she's a big he's a big tease uh absolute tease and the only time he follows through is on the big stage uh, in front of what 90,000 uh fans so yeah it's um it's definitely painful for those that got him I think Rockliffe is still doing well enough that you can kind of keep him um I don't think he'll be top 10 but I think he'll kind of hover around that 106 to 108 maybe average and still be useful so it's kind of one of those not doing bad enough things to get rid of him uh okay so you'll never guess who i'll have at d6 after the first buy round and keeping it top secret first buy round 
Okay, well, you're our Saints, man. Saints do have first buyers being us, so... Um, interesting. So, well, for me, I can tell you for me, the first buy round after that, the people I'm looking at are Bonson, Pelly, Zach, Merritt, and Boak. They're the three for me. They're the only ones really worth sort of trying to pay up for. Um, and I think they're the best option to get you through those next couple of buy rounds. Um, so for me, that's exactly what I'm sort of looking at and trying to get there. So... Uh, Jack Collins JLT means nothing to me. Bolter turned up. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, Matt Crouch averaged absolutely ridiculous, and he's pretty much been dropping his average weekly um, ever since his round one. So, yeah. Do we need to talk about Blakely? Yes, we should. We should, we should, we should. So who says that? In harm's way, 100%. Great question. Blakely is a very interesting prospect. He... It's going to depend on where he lines up as to the impact he has on which players. And this is a hot topic because a lot of people are wanting to know, they're wanting to find out, and they're watching very closely. Blakely is interesting because I still think, I'm wondering how he's going to go. Coming back from such a serious hamstring is a concern. Scoring potential, fitness, how much acceleration he has through his legs. Are they going to play him in defense? Are they going to play him in the midfield? Does it affect Ryan? Does it affect Mundy? These are the questions. Um, I, I think he affects somebody. I don't think it affects Ryan so much because if he goes in defense, I think Ryan's been absolutely killing it that someone back there probably can only help give him a chop out. Um, it, it might actually see Ryan become a little bit more consistent. Maybe not as much higher ceiling though. So it might impact his ceiling, but I think it'll probably help his base a little bit more at the moment. Um, if it's into that midfield mix, and yeah, it could affect Mundy. Well, maybe they're waiting for him to come back so Mundy doesn't have to do all the miles anymore. You know, he is old. They probably want to use him to complement other players instead of getting him to do all of the workload. We don't know. We could only assume uh, it's Ross again. Um, Ross the boss. You can't predict what he's going to do. You can't predict what mix-up he wants to have. Apparently, uh, Harley Bennell is actually training, possibly playing some VFL soon, go figure. No way in hell am I bringing him in, even if he's 100% fit. Um, we don't know. We just need to watch and wait and see. At least you'll get a good look at him. I probably wouldn't be bringing in Orion or bringing in a Monday at this point in time. I'd wait a couple of weeks to get that information. And not only that, Blakey might actually start off and Blakely might start off and go bang, bang with a couple hundreds. And then what do you do? Yeah. You know, you get a guy cheaper and you might be able to bring him in. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on that one. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I think he plays. Um, Carlito says, yeah, so he's played two weeks in the seconds. I think he plays as well. Uh, I don't think they will leave him out. I think he's done his time. He's played a couple of weeks. I think he's ready. I think uh, he plays this week for Fremantle. So, all right, let me fly through these. Okay. West Coast and the Saints. Uh, I tipped I tipped West Coast on this one. Elliot Yo again with 115. Um, Chris mentioned it. It's he has been really consistent, and he's not highly owned. He's in three percent of sides, so he is probably one of the most unique guys running around. He's now averaging 100.4, so not high on average. However, he did have some duds in the first few weeks. At 83, a 72, and an 85 in those three. And his last five though, which is probably the better sample size. 114, 86, 116, 132, 115, and they're all since Bug, uh, since um, Gaff has come back. So that's a pretty good indicator. Um, he has a high ceiling though, yo, which 
is interesting because he hasn't really got off the off the chain as of yet, except for Gold Coast one thirty two. Don't worry about Gold Coast. Um, so I think it's very interesting at this point in time because those recent scores that is actually a pretty good average. He went from averaging eighty eight to a hundred in the last four rounds, um, and he's unique. I think he has some good options. Again, they have. Um, a pretty bad buy, I believe. So I must say, I think the second buy um, could be worse. I think it could be the first. I might just have a look at that one. And um, he's definitely someone you could consider as an upgrade target because of his high ceiling and because he could end up averaging 110 for the rest of the year as a point of difference, particularly if you're looking at cash leagues or, or draft leagues and that sort of thing because it's not so much about rank, it's about damage. And I think he can definitely damage you. Okay, let's have a look. Round 12, it is not him. So it must be the round 13 middle buy. Yep. So that's the problem. It's a tough buy because you have Lions, Collingwood, Geelong, Melbourne, Sydney, and West Coast in that buy. And that's a lot of talent. So I'd probably wait until after that buy for that. Uh, if he's still doing well, then you can bring him in then um, and go with that. So didn't see too much of this game, uh, unfortunately. Um, I was keeping a bit of an eye on it, though. Um, I'm trying to sort of... Check out a few things. Parker with the 25 was definitely upsetting. Um, just, yeah, such a low score. And then you had Anarchy. So this week, if you avoided a lot of the Anarchy, you avoided Atkins on field, you avoided Parker on field, then you would have actually done quite well. I'm actually lucky that Dangerfield played because I probably would have put Atkins on field instead of Dangerfield, seeing that they played the same game and it was very late. Okay. Um have to mention though, Marshall, 92, again, his scores have actually been quite ridiculous, averaging 99, and the more surprising part is that he's still only 92,000 above where he started, he's 433,000 for a forward, he's keeping Longer out of the side, Longer had like 72 hitouts or something stupid last week, or the week before, and he's still not in back in the side, I'm not saying that's going to continue happening, he is only an 8% of sides, Marshall, but those who brought him in are definitely loving life, um, like Ben Ashton. So, I mean, his scores, let's have a look. 114, 111, 119. He had a bad round of 50 against Max Gorn, go figure. And then a 108 and then a 92. Uh, I do expect him to have another poor round against Grundy this week just because I think Grundy's going to do him in the ruck and I think he's going to do him around the ground. I think it's going to be a lesson like Maxi in round five. Okay. So it won't be too much longer, guys. I'm actually starting to struggle to talk. Uh, Constable get dropped for Selwood with confirmation he's back in this week. Oh, Constable get dropped. Is that a question mark? Brad's. Is that... Um, uh, whether Constable... Constable did well. He didn't do himself any disjustice. But the problem is he is out of favor. And um, he isn't in their main side at this point in time. So I think it's it's one of those interesting scenarios. Okay, let me just move on. Port versus Adelaide. Port actually came back quite late in this game. Sloan 138 again. So Sloan's actually been a good one. Let's have a look. Okay, so Sloan, last couple of rounds. And this has always been typical Sloan, though. It goes up and down like an absolute roller coaster, averaging 110.8. So he is doing well. And the reason he does well is because of his high ceiling 155, 105, 107, 88, 104. 78, 111, 138. And um, yeah, absolute roller coaster. When you look at those scores, it's funny though, typical fashion, usually against the top eight sides, he does quite well. Um, 
Gold Coast only got a 104, St Kilda only got a 78, North Melbourne only got an 88. So generally speaking, when they actually play someone in the top eight or they play a quality side or they play a good rivalry, then Sloan tends to go big. So um, I was a little bit upset with O'Brien and Smith with this game. Smith didn't have as many kickouts. Uh, I think that Luke... Um, was it Luke Brown was back, so he got, actually got an 87 and had a few more kick-ins. And O'Brien, 66, so still not bad for a rookie, but I was hoping to sort of really fly in the coattail of that big 100 that he got last week and go from there. Boke only got 79, and he good. He actually did quite well to scrape through with that 79. He started off quite slow, and this is now a couple of weeks where he's actually been a little bit under. He only got a 102 last week, and I say only, like it's a bit harsh, I guess. And... Um, yeah, so the last four rounds, he's probably still averaging around that 100 mark, but nowhere near that 120 that he was actually on. His break even now, which is ridiculous, it's a 154 in 22% of sides. The good thing is for those owners that they're versing Gold Coast this week, so he probably could back it up with a 120 or 130 with no worries, and he probably won't drop a whole heap in cash. Uh, that being said, he is predicted to drop 21,000, which will then bring him back down to about 540 and is a lot more manageable for those wanting to bring him in. This was the best round for Boke to have a dud score because it's in his price cycle for three rounds and then at that point in time, he has his buy. Wonderful. You can bring him in, happy days, everything's nice and cheap and you can go from there. Um, a lot of injuries from this game. So Matt Crouch is one that people are watching. Uh, they reckon he will get up. Uh, it just depends on him. It's no structural damage, just a corgi. Hopefully he gets up for that. Um, you also look at Burton as well. Got injured early on six. Dersmar and a few of those other rookies only got like 60-odd. So there's a few underperforming-ish, but enough to do quite well. Um, I know a lot of people bought in Ainsworth and he only got like 50-odd, so people will be upset with that. But again, it's a rookie. You're going to have those fluctuations in those scores. Okay, next one, the North and Geelong game. Uh, Geelong actually, yeah, really teared up for this one quite a bit. And North were valiant in, in really trying, but there was a period in time where Geelong were just so dominant and it was backed up. Dangerfield did well. Kelly had an absolute mozza, like absolute mozza. So many disposals. Got on everything, got goals inside 50s, was feeding him off. His goal from the pocket, like, well, not even pocket, more the flank. Uh, absolute freak goal. His price is going up every week, and you just can't deny it. Um, you look at another good score from Stewart as well, and Stewart's one of those guys who, like, he's good, but I feel funny about bringing him into my side, yet you look at it, and he's averaging 102.4 still. Um, has been a little bit down in previous weeks, but... He's still contributing. I mean, his low at this point in time is 78, one round. The rest of his scores, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, so seven of his eight scores are over 94. He's got a 94, a 95, a 98, and then a 102, a 108, a 124, and a 120. Uh, not damaging as far as someone that can really just take the game away from you, but he is just really consistent at this point in time. And it's consistency that you start to notice. Um, again, bad buy round with the middle buy, so I wouldn't be bringing him in just yet. However, if you do need to have that fill-in option and you are looking for someone a bit more unique, you could definitely do that uh, after their buy. He's in 7% of sides. There you go. Actually, in more sides than I thought, so go figure. Uh, Clark, actually, for Geelong, had a good round, 81. Trust me, it actually moved him onto the wing in the, in the board line a bit more. Gets an 81. Uh, I actually got rid of him this week. His break-even was around his average... I didn't have that much confidence. Uh, even then, they've changed his role. 
And I actually don't see him keeping that role for much longer, even though he had a fairly good game. But you have so many more talented players that will actually push him out of that role. Um, so I'm not sure whether they'll revert him back to what he was doing or whether um, he maybe he'll keep it for a smidge longer. But I don't have that much confidence in that. Um, the only downside is his break-even is now 26. So it looks like he's actually jumping up in price, which is unfortunate for those who got rid of him like myself. And Atkins, yeah, knocked down on 12, so unfortunately for him, he had he's had such a good couple of weeks, and it really impacted his um, price and his break-even. I think his break-even was only like 18 or something so low, and he couldn't even make it, which is just unfortunate. So, And the worst part was, he actually, I think he was on about maybe 14 or something like that, and he actually went backwards. Like, it's just so bad. They put him back out in the field, even though he was injured, and he was trying to hobble around, and he doesn't... Yeah, he just didn't know what to do. Um, went backwards in school because he's on the field not doing anything and actually kind of hurt himself in his supercoach score in the end. So, go figure. Uh, okay, let me have a look. Best Buy, uh, Jack Collins. Um, okay, so not sure if there's a dress, but what's your thoughts on the best mid upgrade target for this week? For me, the upgrade target of the week is Josh Kelly. If you can afford him, Josh Kelly is low-owned. He is hovering. And again, they're versing Carlton. Uh, I'm not sure who they're versing after. I think it's Melbourne on a hunch. Let me just have a look. So round nine is Carlton. Yes, round 10. I think it's Melbourne. Yes, it is. Hey, there you go. Memory. Memory saving me. Uh, Melbourne versus the Giants after that. Um, the only problem with that is that the MCG and the Giants, again, notoriously shit now for MCG play. So after that, they then versus the Suns at home. So when you put it together, GWS are playing... Carlton at home, Melbourne away, and the Suns at home. Two very, very, very heavily weighted favourite sides there against Carlton and the Suns, and they're both at home in GWS. So that's going to be an absolute mozza for anyone. And I actually think Cornelio is going to bank up his price there as well. I think Cornelio is really cheap. Let me have a look. Cornelio is only 500000 everyone. He has dropped $83,000. Break even of 138 still, so it is a little bit concerning. Um, historically, he scores well against Carlton, which is interesting. His projected price drops only about 10k. Problem with Cornelio is his scores have been pretty bad lately. His last two games of 75 and 87. Before that, he then only hit one, 103, 104, 104, 102, 52, 154. Hasn't gone over 104 since round one. That's the negative. On the flip side, Cornelio is a good player. Tends to do better with Kelly back in the side, which even though it doesn't show this on the stats for this year. But you just think Carlton and Gold Coast, he could go out and get two 140s, pick his average back up again. I mean, what's he averaging now? It has to have dropped. Averaging 97.6. I think he could be, after these three rounds, could be averaging 105. And then all of a sudden he's back in the hunt. He's back in competitive. He is only 505,000. But you could just throw 80k on him and get a Josh Kelly. Like it depends on how much money you have. If you don't have much cash, cash and you're struggling, I actually wouldn't mind picking up a Canelio. He's in 20% of sides though, so he is fairly popular. Or you could just wait this week, wait for that 130 break even to go a little bit, and then maybe bring him in next week because he does have those two poor scores, which means that his price is still dropping. And uh, the other one as well to note as well is you look at uh, Matty Crouch has had that bad round. Hasn't again done something spectacular in a little while, which is probably why he is dropping in price. So his break-even is 151. 
he's already now down to uh, 509,000. So he is dropping. He's predicted to drop another 28,000 next game. So if he plays against the Lions, which would be hopeful, he's going to drop. And his scoring history is a little better. So 138, 96, 119, 90, 108, 104, 97. But now he's hit a 54 because he got injured. And that's the ones you really want to kind of look for because that 54 in his next three-round average is going to drop him in price. He could end up averaging like 450 plus, somewhere in that range, 450, 470. Who knows how much he drops? It depends on how well he bounces back uh, from that injury. So uh, I am watching him. He could be a very good upgrade target because getting Matt Crouch you know, under that sort of price range would be very beneficial. But again, like I said, Canelio, 505,000. He's cheaper than him. He's dropped 80-odd thousand. Uh, Matt Crouch was already valued to start the year. Uh, difference is Matt Crouch in 14%, Canelio 20%. And at this point in time, their owners probably aren't that happy. So um, I actually don't mind those upgrade targets or at least watching those to be upgrade targets because they are quality players and they do have that proven history and that ceiling that you know you can kind of rely on. Uh, Tom Stewart, top six defender. I don't think top six, but top 10 could be very possible. Uh, Sloan got tagged versus Saints. Yeah, and that's the issue with Sloan in general. Um, someone could just lock him down any second. So there you go. Marshall, a lot better than Longer. Marshall wins clearances for the Saints and Longer doesn't. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I know a few people actually don't like Longer for the Saints, which is funny. So um, there you go. Uh, I have both Crouch and Cogs. Well, Binger, it's, that's the, yeah, it's tough. I know a lot of people that did. Uh, they were a lot. Of, they were value, and a lot of people chose uh, Cogs over Kelly to start the year. And um, you know, now they're probably wishing they could jump ship. So interesting. Uh, okay, so let me just run through these last teams, and then I'll then flick back. So Hawks in the GWS. Um, yeah. So it's already been labelled a bit of boring footy, but um. Henderson just keeps ticking along though. Henderson literally 102.5. I wouldn't bring him in. Good for a draft side if someone had him. Uh, Kelly is now, yeah, averaging top 10 numbers. He is averaging 115.2, break even of 83, predicted to go up another 25,000. The problem with Josh Kelly is if you don't get him in this week and he goes 150 again against Carlton or higher, and say he has another massive game against the Suns. By the time he hits his buy and after the buy, he's going to be so heavily priced that you're not going to be able to bring him in. So that's the flip side. It's kind of injury versus do I want him? Do I need him? Is he going to hurt me? And he could very well hurt you in the positive and hurt you in the negative. So it's um it's definitely a tough one, but he could be out of reach by that point. So then you'll have to go for a poor man's Kelly and get a Cornelio. Uh, yeah, Cameron, Jeremy Cameron, 29, absolutely horrible. Um, Moore was interesting, and I was trying to watch him. Dylan Moore for the Hawks. Jeez. Um, oh, he only played like half the game, especially in the first quarter. I think he got more towards the later end. But I was expecting his time on ground to go up. I was hoping his role would be a little better, and it wasn't. Um, played a little bit in defense as well. Just, uh, I, I don't know. I wish I kind of didn't bring him in in the end, I think. He could actually get dropped at some point. It's not like he wasn't even mentioned when they was talking about the young players that are actually looking, you know, doing well and you know for the future. He wasn't even mentioned. Um, doesn't fool with confidence. I probably wish I went Corbett now because they have a better buy and he scored better and he has better security. So you know, I thought I'd take the risk and um, you know, at least he's on my bench, so it could be worse, I guess. Um, Scrimshaw, 
got uh, what knocked out. I believe it was 63, so not a good run there. Did it enough. Zach Williams, 82, was starting off absolutely amazingly. But the key thing is, is yeah, Josh Kelly with a 154 and Heath Shaw turning back the clock with a 144. Sick Dog with a 105. Uh, he's an interesting one as well. 550k, so he's kind of hovered. Break even of 142, though, which is the big one. So uh, had that poor score last week of 80. But he is definitely an upgrade target. He is one you should be looking at. Uh, if they didn't have the bad buy, then it would be a lot more interesting. So 105, 80, 127, 117, 119, 95, 81, and 100 has done quite well. So, uh, yeah, Hawks have the first buy. So he actually add him to the list of upgrades uh, for the first buy. Um, Bontempelli, um, Zach Merritt, Boak, and Sicily. There's four Four guys you can really target in that first one, depending on funds and whatever have you, whether you have to free some up and try and make three trades to get three of them, whatever you need to do, but you could really skyrocket up if you actually manage that well. So there you go. Uh, okay, so moving on to the last game, uh, Fremont Richmond. Fife actually started off so well. Uh, stagnated third quarter, I think, and then just had another really good fourth quarter. Bolton went absolutely nuts, just kicking goals left, right, and center. Hooley again with another good score, and people keep trying to look at Hooley for some weird reason. I get it. He's old, but he's scoring points. Um, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Lob, I swear to God, he has had the biggest yo-yo season ever. Uh, still averaging well, though, funnily enough. He's averaging 88.6. But you look at his scores, and it's like bipolar at its best. Um, still done okay though, like 80s, 70s, 71s, 103, this was his biggest score for the year with a 128, uh, Walter's chipping along as well, Luke Ryan, 85, I know, um, Ben, Ben brought him in this week, uh, and he got an 85, which you can't be unhappy with, 85 is a base, you can't expect your primos to go 100 plus every week, uh, especially defenders, they're gonna have those, just be thankful he has a high ceiling to back it up, so he's averaging 105.4, um yeah so ryan that's a, another upgrade targets uh for the s first buy as well actually so fife if you don't have fife fife and ryan after the buy as well there are some really good players in that first buy round so essendon zach Merritt, uh freeman or fife and ryan hawks sicily power boke um probably wouldn't recommend anyone else really from there unless maybe westoff if you really need that cover which if he improves his role um saints probably really anyone maybe billings um bulldogs have a few as well with dunkley bontepelli mccray and those types so uh, you can really sort of target those players from there injuries for richmond ross nankervis um both injured both missing time so it's going to be interesting who they replace those with stack hovered with a 71 actually didn't do that great for a bit of the game and then kicked a bit big torp goal and then got a few possessions late, so uh, he improved his score to 71 in the end and was actually helped by the fact that Richmond really kicked away late. So um, good on Richmond for you know, sticking with it and being at steely resolve. So, um, all right, let me just sum up because my voice is going. I'm not feeling that great. I actually still have a lot of stuff I need to do tonight for tomorrow. So uh, Stuart went off with a bit of concussion test. That's right, so he lost some time and still did well. Um yeah, I've convinced you. You have convinced me to bring him in this week. So Sloan, yeah, go for it. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? And they have the last buy too, so at least Sloan will play all through the first two, and then you can upgrade someone else to fill the gap from there. Concerns with Kelly and his injury curse. Yeah, that's the the train you're gonna have to ride. I don't have that much concern with it. Um, just because he had surgery 
on his groin and hips and stuff like that in the off season, and it just took a bit longer to get him right. So they, I think they they do they did their due diligence to start the season. They didn't start him when he wasn't ready, so they made sure they got it right. He played a few games, missed one, probably a little bit of soreness. They just wanted to make sure, and then he came out and went absolutely nuts. So if he wasn't right, he probably wouldn't have absolutely torn up. I think they've kind of managed him as well as they could. The problem is he has had the issue before, so it's kind of like, okay, maybe he'll have the issue again. Maybe he'll miss another week again or whatever. But that could happen to anyone. Uh, it could happen to Fife. It could happen to anyone with those kind of issues. That is the risk you take. But I think at least knowing that he had surgery at the, like the start of the preseason and then was managed through and built up his workload responsibly and then they actually didn't rush him back in, so they kind of took their time at the start of the season. I think you just kind of be grateful that he started, didn't start the preseason, like the, the actual season for the fact that he's now a low owned. He's shown enough promise. He's been consistent. His base is really good. He is still a great player to bring in. If you've already burnt so many trades and you're down into your teens or something or other, like 19, 18, 17, and you're down that low on trades, then maybe it's not the right decision for you. Maybe you need to be a bit more conservative in your approach because you've already been burning trades, trying to make corrections, trying to bring in other players and sideways swapping. But if you've been a bit more conservative, this is a time where you could actually make some aggressive moves for your benefit. If it doesn't work out, you go in knowing, okay, I'm going to bring him in. If he gets injured or whatever, then maybe I'll just dump him out. No worries. You know that. You can at least afford that risk. Uh, if it works out well, you're laughing because you have made a great decision and he's been absolutely rolling in in rolling in the points and helping your side. Um, so that's my opinion. I've still got 23 trades. Um, I'll probably just try and bring him in and then save a lot of those trades for the buys to complete my side. So that's just my opinion. Um, okay, let me have a look. Last questions here. Thanks for soldiering on. Thanks, Jack. Uh, it's definitely been a tough one this week, so I'll try and get um, Ben on. Ben said he'll already, already join me next week. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I might just have to do the old phone call, maybe just do the voice record. Don't know about Twitch yet for next week just because I don't know how to do the adding the voice and whatever else for a phone call, so I might do that for the next week. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted anyway, but either way, I will still do something for you to get something out there because I do like interacting, and I think it's important that we put something up every week at least. So, thank you. Um, stream, easy. No worries. Thanks, Binger. Uh, Binger, if you want me to give you a bit more specific on your team, send us a tech, uh, message through Facebook or even Twitter. Uh, send us a message because it's a little bit hard to read, you know, like paragraph, paragraph, paragraph uh, when I'm live streaming. So, just send us a text uh, or, I mean, a message through one of our platforms and then I'll be able to have an actual good look at it and a good look at your side and then kind of see some tweaks that you can make from that. Um, yeah, so do that for me and I'll happily get back to you there. And last one, uh, let me just have a look. I think that's it. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, an hour and a half, longer than I was hoping, but um, look, we made it through. I hope you have enjoyed it. Thank you for everyone that stayed with us today. I know it's probably not as exciting just listening to my voice and not Chris's as well, but I do really appreciate you and I hope I have helped you through this dilemma. And uh, look, I think tomorrow's going to be interesting with the team announcement. There could be Anarchy, uh, I am expecting some changes to be made. I'm expecting quite a few people probably to be dropped. So look, let's just see. Let's fingers crossed. Let's hope Hately. Let's hope uh, a few of these other players actually get named and hopefully they can uh, do us some well. And um, in the meantime, hashtag bless you, hashtag bless your team, and um, enjoy the rest of your week, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, cheers. <laughs>
The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry! 